want to talk uh, about this whole entire draft and, and how it really shook out. I wanted to know how your draft shook out. A lot of people, because I am a Chicago Bulls fan um, and I'm partial to that organization, a lot of people uh, through the Chicago Bulls were very disappointed that the Bulls did not take Michael Porter Jr. And I couldn't be nothing but happier. I mean, I, I find myself being a little bit hypocritical on this aspect because I wrote an article on um, Shy Sports Nation talking about how Michael Porter basically was, it was Michael Porter or bust for the Chicago Bulls because of the, the level of talent that Michael Porter Jr. does have. And when you consider this particular draft, this draft class, to me, my top three, it was DeAndre Ayton, Michael Porter Jr., and Jaron Jackson. Those were the guys who had the most amount of talent. I'm not saying that they were the best players. I'm saying as far as having the highest upside, having the, the uh, sheer amount of, of just uh, talent that was available with these particular draftees, I think that those were my top three. Now, you could be one of those people who think that Marvin Bagley Jr. should have been in the mix. I, I'm a Marvin Bagley fan, but, you know, being able to play in Duke, being able to stand out in Duke, I've watched a lot of guys stand out in Duke, and I'm a little bit skeptical when it comes to Duke players, even though I am somewhat partial because the Chicago Bulls did take Wendell Carter Jr. in their draft class, and um, I was more than happy with that particular trade that took, that, that not trade, but that particular selection that went down with the Chicago Bulls, but... It was interesting watching Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. fall the way he did. A lot of people, a lot of Bulls fans were just irate because he fell to them at that particular uh, selection at seven. He was more than available, but he just kept falling and falling and falling, almost out of the lottery. Now... For his particular situation, I think that he fell to the right organization because the Denver Nuggets don't need him to play right away. They have a ready-made team. They have a lot of talent on their team with Jamal Murray, with uh, uh, Nurkic, with uh, Gary Harris Jr., a lot of talent on that team, and they were one game away, the last game of the season, from being in the Western Conference playoffs. One game. So, you know, he gets to go to that team. He doesn't have to put in a whole lot of work as far as being ready to be able to play right away on the court. I don't think he's going to play right away on the court. I think, actually, that he's going to sit out a year. That's my personal opinion. Because with that particular back injury that he had, I know that they said that it's minimally invasive. But minimally invasive, I mean, that's like trying to say that your, your concussion that you had, all it was was just a, a bruise on your brain. Uh, that sounds to be somewhat serious. Anytime someone's inserting a needle into your spine to relieve pressure, yeah, to me, that's a, a, a serious operation. It might be minimally invasive to you, serious to me. But it was interesting watching uh, Michael Porter Jr. fall in the draft. I thought that, that was one of the more interesting stories in this draft. 
I thought another interesting story was just how attractive Luka Doncic's mother was. I mean, good grief. Good grief. And you know she knows she's attractive because she got on stage and it was it was it was almost as if the cameras like panned in on Luca and then just slowly turned to the mom and focused in on the mom because nobody knows anything about this particular um, player uh, aside from the fact that he was balling out internationally speaking for Real Madrid the majority of us don't follow international prospects we hear about them we hear about a lot of the stuff that they do as being legendary and I think a lot of times we are a lot you know easier on the international prospects than we are on the domestic prospects um, that are entering the draft, about to, to uh, sign their futures away, playing on a team for a good four or five years, if they're fortunate. But, you know, that whole entire montage that they put together of the slick passing Euro Doncic, who was the player of the year, who they call a basketball phenom, it was nowhere near close as impressive as the pictures of his mom, because good grief. She's decent. That's all I'm going to say. In the words of Andre Iguodala, she's decent. Decent. But um, that was another one of the interesting drafts. It was also interesting. I hate how they do this because teams make these trades and then the players have to go out and and get on the the stage and they meet with the commissioner and then they have to give their interview and all of this is going on while we already know that player X has been traded. That situ situation played itself out with Luka Doncic and with Trey Young, with uh, the Mavericks picking up the rights to Luka Doncic and the Atlanta Hawks picking up the rights to Trey Young. And I thought that was a particularly good trade for the Atlanta Hawks, even though I thought that they gave up a little bit too much because they gave up future, uh, future uh, draft picks. But I know with the Atlanta Hawks situation, their fan base is pretty fickle. I mean, even when the Atlanta Hawks are good and they're winning games and they're going to the playoffs and they're being, unfortunately, eliminated by LeBron James, the fans don't show up. I know that from watching the Atlanta Braves play. Atlanta fans are fickle for whatever reason. Even Falcons fans, they're fickle. Not necessarily the best fan base in the world. Georgia fans, great fans, but any of the Atlanta-based fans, yes, I know that Atlanta is in Georgia. I'm just saying that they're like Georgia Bulldogs, uh, the uh, Georgia college basketball team. Those fans show up. But any of the teams that have Atlanta in front of them, a little bit fickle when it comes to their particular uh sports teams but I thought that was a great trade for the Atlanta Hawks because they've got a great arena but they've got to be able to sell seats they've got to be able to sell something to these fans that are showing up and none of the fans know like I said before know anything about Luka Doncic they know a lot about Trey Young led the NCAA in both scoring and assists I think that's pretty hard to do, considering no one's ever done it before. So, no matter what you might think about Trey Young's stature, no matter what you might think about 
um, his lack of defensive ability. Uh, dude has a following, and rightfully so. He's not going to be the next uh, Steph Curry. I think more than likely his game matches up with, say, like a Steve Nash, which is not putting him in a, in a you know, in bad company. Steve Nash, two-time MVP. If you can be compared to Steve Nash as a point guard, I think that that's more than impressive. But I don't think that he's going to be lighting it up like uh, Steph Curry or a la Steph Curry. Even though people forget that it took Steph Curry a good five, six years in the league before he started to become, started to transcend that point guard um, position and become the Steph Curry that we know of today. I think it, it took people a while, or it took him a while, and it took people a while to consider the transformation that was going on with Steph Curry into the player that we see today, the MVP-level Steph Curry that we get a chance to watch on a regular basis and is the engine that makes the, the uh, Golden State Warriors go. Then there was the whole entire situation with... Michael Bridges. Is it Michael Bridges or McCall Bridges? Someone send me a a, um, um, a little note via Twitter and let me know if it's McCall or Michael Bridges. I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out for the better part of a year. Just listening to announcers and it's like they say it both ways. Michael or McCall. Great story. Hometown kid getting a chance to play for the Philadelphia 76ers, and I thought would have solved a lot of the issues that the Philadelphia 76ers have and that they don't have a floor spacer uh, at the wing position. They needed somebody who was going to be able to complement um, Ben Simmons and complement Joel Embiid and Dario Saric and the rest of that roster, and they thought that they had that at Robert Covington, which... Covington, if you watched any any of the playoffs, any of the Philadelphia 76ers games, uh, Covington just happened to disappear for the uh, for the majority of the playoffs. I thought that Macau Bridges would have solved a lot of the issues that they had, and you had the mother who works in the human resources department uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers saying how proud she was, saying how, you know, this was a moment that was going to, they were going to be able to relive as a family for years to come. I mean, just a touching, emotional story. And up an hour later, you find out he's been traded to the Phoenix Suns. Just a gut punch. A gut punch. And you get why Brett Brown did it. Brett Brown, who's now in charge of what's going on because Brian Colangelo couldn't put away the burner accounts or couldn't keep his wife from putting away the burner accounts. But you get why they did it. They wanted to have that particular option of being able to pick up a LeBron James or pick up a, um, a Paul George through free agency. And they talked about that, the fact that they needed to land a star in order to move forward. You got to give Brett Brown and the 76ers front office some type of credit because not only did they trade Mikhail, Michael, I'm going to say Michael, I'm going to stick with Michael. Mikhail just doesn't sound right. But they, you got to give them some credit for not only being able to trade that pick and pick up one of the more explosive players in the draft, even though he's not going to 
you're not going to help them with their particular situation of needing a three-point specialist who can spread the floor. But they picked up another first-rounder with, with an, uh, unprotected, an unprotected first-round draft pick that they could use in a trade to land one of those big-time free agents. Now, you know how I feel about Paul George. I don't feel like he's a guy that's going to necessarily help your team get over the hump or help your team get over to the next level. But if it could somehow find its way into landing you LeBron James, then yeah, you put your name in the fray. You, you, you jump all in on that. If there's a possibility for you to get LeBron James, you take it. Best player in the, on the planet, you take it. And I've been critical of LeBron James for his the way he leads organizations, the way he takes over, and a lot of these organizations make decisions based off of just keeping LeBron James. But the 76ers did themselves a service in being able to position themselves to offer up that type of pick in order to land the services through possibly a signing trade with landing LeBron James. I thought that that was very important for them to do. Um, speaking of, um, oh, I wanted to segue into this with uh, speaking of teams that did well in the draft, other than my Chicago Bulls, which I I know you don't want to hear about that because the majority of us are not Chicago Bulls fans, but I thought that the Spurs did themselves a very good uh, service in landing the kid out of Miami, Lonnie Walker, who is uh, very defensive-minded, one of the most athletic guards in the whole entire draft, one of the most athletic players in the entire draft. Very good shooter, can create for himself. Does that sound familiar at all? It should. Sounds a little bit like a uh, Kawhi Leonard, who, by the way, got roasted by Bruce Bowen. And I'm glad somebody finally took Kawhi Leonard to task. And it doesn't have anything to do with Kawhi Leonard looking at that $216 million and basically um, just deciding that he would piss on it like a dog reaching over a fire hydrant to take a leak. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with that. The extra $70 million that he is just forgetting about, that he is basically saying that he doesn't care anything about how he just wants to play in L.A. I don't get just limiting yourself to playing in Los Angeles because I guarantee you if the Spurs have their choice they don't necessarily want to deal with the Los Angeles Lakers but if they get their choice Brandon Ingram's not going to be on the team Cal Kuzma's not going to be on the team Lonzo Ball I would take Lonzo Ball just to gut the, rate, the uh, Lakers and make sure that they didn't have any type of assets that were left on their team take them for another first round pick also but yeah you do go after Brandon Ingram you do go after Kyle Kuzma their purrs were uh, I don't want to even say that they were average they were well below average but both of them averaged close to 16 points a game their purr was not necessarily that great at all at 13 and 14 respectively but I think well, first of all, the Spurs were high on Kyle Kuzma coming out of college. So you would be able to factor that in. You'd be getting back a player that you legitimately wanted to uh, offer to um, pick up 
coming out of Utah, but you also get your hands on Brandon Ingram, who a lot of people think is going to be a very special player in this league for years to come. I'm not necessarily that sold on Brandon Ingram, but I think if you can find a way to gut the Lakers of their assets that they have and build yourself up a, a, a very formidable team, I think you do that. I think the Spurs know that you, in this league, you win with length. You win with guys who are six foot seven and six foot nine, respectively, who have very good wingspans. And I think that Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram, if they don't bring anything else, they bring that. This defensive element uh, leaves a lot to be desired, but I think in Popovich's system, he can make a lot of guys look better than what they necessarily are. But I gotta give Bruce Bowen a lot of credit for taking him to task. Look. Bruce Bowen, you are a guy that was owed $18 million this year. $18 million you received to play what? Nine games? And you kept your team out of the loop? You didn't say anything to the media as far as what was going on uh, or what your feelings were with the reactions of your teammates, the reactions of the coaching staff. You didn't join your team when they were trying to make it into the playoffs, you decided that you were going to rehab away from the team, I'm glad that someone came out and actually took you to task and didn't um, come out and say, well, you know what, it's just these players who are wanting to take back control, acting like they, they are sharecroppers of some kind, or slaves working a land. Dude, you received $18 million. You are the go-to guy, you're the face of the organization, it only makes sense that the Spurs would want to keep you and want you to be out there, at the very least, supporting your teammates, and at the most, coming out and balling like they know that you can, but it'll be very interesting to see if he actually winds up on the Lakers team, because for the most part, playing in San Antonio, Kawhi Leonard has been sheltered away from facing a lot of the media criticisms that he could be facing. Granted, you have to go back and remember, when this team, when the San Antonio Spurs were facing off against the, the Miami Heat, it was Popovich who went to Kawhi and had to beg Kawhi to become an offensive player as much as he was a defensive force, have him play two ways have him be that two-way offensive force and defensive player and to Kawhi's credit he stepped up and he answered the challenge but Popovich had to drag it out of him a lot of people don't really understand that it's not like it was Kawhi who just had this uh, inborn in him this inborn desire to be this transcendent talent which he is he's arguably the best two-way player in the game when he's healthy. But it'll be interesting to see because none of the LA teams traded for Kawhi with this last draft class. The Spurs have said that they want to get back as much as they possibly can. They want to uh, weigh their weigh the, the, uh, the possibilities that they have in front of them as far as being able to determine a which direction that they should go with Kawhi. 
And I don't blame them for taking their time. I don't blame them for not giving in to Kawhi. I think that they've done more than enough to show Kawhi uh, that they were behind him, that they were supporting him in the best way possible. Yes, you had some players who were coming out and saying things about Kawhi in the media, particularly Tony Parker, who was questioning why Kawhi wasn't coming back faster than he came back from this particular injury because Tony Parker had the same injury and had surgery with his particular injury and came back and played. So it just, there was a disconnect that was happening between Kawhi management and his fellow teammates. And I understand the Spurs for being reluctant to give up on the guy because when he's healthy, again, you're talking about a guy whose name is up there with LeBron James, as far as his ability to affect the outcome of the game, name is high up there. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, that situation moving forward. Well, those are all of the points that I wanted to touch on on this particular segment of the sports rotation. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher.com. Uh, I keep saying Google Play Music. It's not Google Play Music anymore. It's just Google Podcasts. So you'll actually have to go and download Google Podcasts because Google Play Music does not exist any longer. I was just told that via email that it doesn't exist any longer. People still contact each other via email. In good grief, I feel like I'm dating myself here. But I want to thank you for being in the rotation. Remember to hit me up on... At my Twitter handle, that's Jay Butler at He Said What Sports. That's Jay Butler at He Said W U T Sports. You can check out my writings on Pippin Ain't Easy, uh, Full Press Coverage, Shy Sports Nation, and um, yeah, feel free to drop me a line with any of the segments that I've discussed, with any of the topics that I brought up in my writings. Thanks for being in the